The basis for our sermon today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 13. Paul says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <clears throat> However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. This is the Word of our God. <clears throat> Learning a new language is hard. It can also be humbling. About seven years ago, when I, when I spent my year living in Shaoxing, China, I learned that firsthand. I had a college degree when I went over to China, but, but so often I felt like a little child when I tried to communicate. Uh, thankfully, in many of the restaurants in China, they had like pictures of, of the menu on the wall in the restaurant. Uh, I didn't know what any of the dishes were. I didn't know how to order them, but I would just pick one out that looks tasty. I would point to it and loudly say, Jigga! This one. I ordered food like a baby. And another time at one of my friend's weddings, I was so proud to go and announce who I was and introduce myself to everyone there. And I'd introduce myself with my Chinese name because I just learned how to pronounce it. But Mandarin is a tonal language and I got the tones wrong. So I was proudly going up to everyone there and, and saying, hello. My name is Chest Hair. <laughs> and, and of course, the longer I stayed there, the more confident I got with the language. But all that meant was that the more often I would get humbled. I, I one time tried to get in a taxi and have the driver take me to the train station. And I, I practiced saying the word train station over and over again so I, I could get it right. Huo che jian. Huo che jian. Got in the taxi and, and I told the driver, and he stared at me blankly. So I said it again and again. And finally, in shame, I just started going chugga chugga choo choo. And he's all excited and he, and he yells, ah, like, yeah, thought that's what I said. Learning a new language is hard. It's humbling. Sometimes as you 
read and dig into God's Word? Do the Scriptures ever kind of seem like they're a different language? Uh, There's a lot of terms in there. Justification, sanctification, transfiguration, reconciliation, righteousness, atonement. And there's plenty of parts of Scripture that it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your heads around. I mean, what in the world is going on in the book of Revelation? You ever tried reading the book of Ezekiel? Good luck. And even some of, some of Jesus' parables leave us scratching our heads like his disciples. A lot of people are kind of intimidated by the Bible. It's a big book. They're afraid they won't be able to understand it or they don't know where to start. Even for, even for lifelong Christians and pastors, we find plenty of times that we get humbled when we try to read the Word where we, we think we know what God's saying on one page and we turn the page and kind of get confused again. If, if any of that has ever been your experience reading or hearing the Scriptures, then, then listen in because we're going to bring some clarity today. Actually, the Holy Spirit is going to bring some clarity. The third member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, God uses His Holy Spirit working through His Word to reveal all things to you, even the deep things of God. Yes, even even the books of Revelation and Ezekiel. But first... We need to start with the simple gospel. We need to start with the epitome of God's wisdom, a Savior on a cross. And that message that looks like foolishness is really the foundation for so much more. And so so today, get ready to let God teach us with spirit-taught words. And you'll even learn how to speak with spirit-taught words. In in the opening verses of this section here, Paul, he kind of does what he's been doing. He turns things upside down again. He'd just been talking about, previous to these verses, how the cross is foolishness. But now he says, actually, we speak a message of wisdom. We speak a message of wisdom among the mature. So, who are the mature? Uh, Does that include me? Well, ask yourself, what does the message of the cross sound like to you? If it sounds like the best thing you've ever heard, if you know it's the message of salvation, if you know it's God's declaration of love and forgiveness for you, well, then I'd say... You're well on your way to becoming spiritually mature. Of course, at the same time, there's always plenty more room for growth in our spiritual maturity, more time we could spend in God's Word. And and the more we're in the Word, the more we allow God's Holy Spirit to speak to us through the Word, well, the more we're going to come to appreciate all of the Word and even to see how all of it fits together so perfectly from, from beginning to end. And there's also two other spiritual, spiritual maturity markers you could look for. Uh, the first one being that we're able to say with Paul, I 
and the chief of sinners. We confess our shortcomings, our missing the mark of keeping God's law. That takes maturity. That takes spiritual maturity to do that. And we also have a marker of maturity that we would ever grow in appreciation for the forgiveness of sins. This increasingly joyful hope we have for our future secured for us by Christ's death and resurrection. So continuing to appreciate the gospel. But there might also be some markers of spiritual immaturity that we struggle to overcome at times. Instead of following God's wisdom, we might get drawn into following what Paul calls the wisdom of this age. Or instead of following the Spirit of God, we get wrapped up in following the Spirit of the world. And to summarize this, the, the wisdom of this age and the Spirit of the world, uh, maybe we could use a German word you might have heard of before. The word Zeitgeist. Literally, the, the Spirit of the Times. Zeitgeist is the invisible agent or force dominating a mindset in any given era of history. So maybe think of the, the reckless abandon of the Roaring Twenties, the, maybe the rampant nationalism in Europe leading up to World War II, or the, the world peace, hippie vibes of the 60s. The world's always going to offer you new fads, new mindsets that supposedly can solve the world's problems, new ways of navigating the changing cultural landscape, new ways of defining what truth is. Of course, as Christians, we know, we know where to find truth. God's truth in his word is solid and unchanging. It offers minds, a mindset to be able to tackle any kind of problems in the world, no matter what age of history you're in. And it allows you to navigate changing culture in a God-pleasing way. But even Christians aren't immune to zeitgeist. In our spiritual immaturity, we might get wrapped up in the spirit of the times, the wisdom of this world. And it's not like we're necessarily throwing out the cross, or leaving Christ. It's just that we might be tempted to kind of just hang on to the cross with just a couple fingers as we immerse ourselves in the wisdom of the world, the spirit of the times. We might be tempted to say, well, you know, the cross, God's wisdom there, that's a, that's a great starting point. But now I want to add and combine the world's wisdom, my wisdom, and combine it with God's wisdom to come up with something that's even better. When we do this, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we as spiritual as we think we are? Or are we still tied to this worldly wisdom? Would we rather hear what the spirit of the world has to say than what the spirit of God has to say, we might need a wake-up call. We might need to get humbled a little bit. 
When I talked to my Chinese taxi driver, I, I thought I had everything figured out. I, I thought I was proficient in the language when I wasn't. I thought I was saying the same words as my driver, but I wasn't. And if we get so wrapped up in our own wisdom or the world's wisdom, we might think we're following God and his wisdom when in reality, we're not. We might be speaking the world's language instead. When we have these wake-up calls, when we, when we realize that we've strayed away from God's truth, well, then there's only one thing left to do. We run back to the cross and immerse ourselves in the gospel. We run to immerse ourselves in God's word. We, we run back to be taught by our teacher, the Holy Spirit. In the scriptures, in these spirit-taught words, we find God's wisdom. God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. We find Jesus. God's plan to save the world is a mystery no longer. What was hidden is now in plain sight. God's Son is crucified and risen for all the world to see. God's Son is crucified and risen for all the world to save. And the Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts to see how a dead man rising changes everything forever. And all of this, the amazing love God has for us, it's beyond human comprehension. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Holy Spirit. The good things that God has prepared for us, destined for our glory before time began, these things, there's, there's so much more solid than any kind of zeitgeist, spirit of the times, is changing all the time. Jesus has always been God's plan for you. Even before time began, even before you were born, God in his wisdom decided that Jesus would be his unmistakable declaration of love for the world. And the thought that, that God would die for me, to give me everything, is not something that ever would have entered my mind. But God made sure it entered my mind and it entered my heart by giving me his Holy Spirit as my teacher and his Holy Word as my textbook. And the great thing about the gospel is that it's both simple yet deep. Even if you can't understand every page in Scripture, even if you can't fathom the books of Revelation and Ezekiel, you can take comfort in the simplicity of the gospel message. Jesus saves. That's it. St. Augustine, one of the church fathers, once said, 
The Bible is shallow enough for a child not to drown, yet deep enough for an elephant to swim. Like an ignorant American in China ordering food on a picture, pointing to it and saying, Jaga, this one. You can point to Jesus and in childlike faith say, this one, Jesus, that's who saves me. And when, when the children of Living Hope come forward for the children's message, you heard it. They know God's good news. They know about Jesus and what he's done. And they probably trust it more earnestly than any of us adults here. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And as I've watched my daughter, even when she was seven months old, holding her, her little picture of Jesus, not wanting to let go, needing to hold it every night before she goes to bed. I believe what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is hers. She knows Jesus. By her baptism, the Holy Spirit has taught her, worked a faith in her heart, a childlike faith that can't even be expressed in words, but she knows Jesus. Because from infancy, we can know the Holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Take incredible comfort in the gospel's simplicity. It's, it's simply profound. And you also get to spend a lifetime diving into the depths of God's good news. We'll never be able to get to the bottom of how great God's gospel is until we experience it fully in heaven one day. We'll never get to the bottom of it here on earth to experience how great it is. But each day, spent in the word, builds you into someone who is spiritually mature. Each day spent in the word makes you more fluent in God's language. Each day, Spent in the Word means one more day you get to spend with your teacher, God's Holy Spirit. And the Spirit, the Spirit of God can unravel the thoughts of God to you, even the deep things of God. As Paul said, what we receive is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. In other words, the Holy Spirit makes us fluent in the gospel. The things God has freely given us. And this means that the Spirit even equips us to speak with Spirit-taught words. We join Paul in saying, this is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit taught words. As we spread God's word, we can rely on the Holy Spirit to do the work, not thinking we have to dress up the message with our own wisdom. That'd be like putting ketchup on a filet mignon. Don't do that. God's word doesn't need our human wisdom to dress it, to dress it up. And so when you come to worship here, don't expect to hear good advice. Expect to hear good news. 
the things God has freely prepared for you in the gospel. If you've, ever, if you've ever tried learning a new language, then maybe you know one of the best things you can do to learn it is to immerse yourself in it. And to get a good teacher. If you want to be spiritually mature, spiritually fluent, immerse yourself in God's word as much as you can. Speak that word to others as much as you can. Spend time in the Word with your teacher, God's Holy Spirit, as much as you can. The more time we spend in the Word, the more comfortable we'll be in our knowledge of it. And you can, you can even understand the books of Revelation and Ezekiel. Maybe they're not your starting points, but having a knowledge of the whole Bible's message will help you with those more difficult parts. Let the clear parts of Scripture help you wade into the deeper parts. You can even come to understand them and appreciate them. If each Sunday and each day we're humble enough to sit before God's open word and let His Holy Spirit teach us, then we're going to have a hope that runs deeper and a wisdom, a thanksgiving that reaches higher. Amen.